2: The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
4: We start on a Monday on Straight Out of Vegas in the NFL, and we're calling this the tale of several NFL quarterbacks around the league. So game by game we go. We start with the sky is falling version of the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott and company struggling yesterday in a 24-22 loss at the Jets. The Jets
5: get their first win of the season in the return of Sam Darnold. Now, a lot of people, when they're in a career, ask yourself, When you see someone excited about their career, and I'm not talking about excited at any given time period, right? The real estate agent who sells three houses in one weekend, he or she's excited. Are they excited over the course of that career? Maybe, right? Maybe not. In this business, and I'll say the sports betting business, which to me is much, 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 much more difficult than the sports media business. Why? In the sports media, if you're wrong, Eh, you shrug. You think, oh, I might get some retweets. I was so wrong. All right? In this business, you not only don't get paid as a batter, you pay. <laughs> it's like, yep. do all that work. How many hours do you put in a week, Brad? In in just the handicap, not all your media. Your About handic- 50. 50 hours handicapping. Yep. And if you go one out of three, one win or two losers, yep. how much do you get paid?
6: Well, zero. I actually
5: owe. Exactly. Now, I know you try to stiff the bookies whenever you get a chance, but, you know, (laughs) back in the old days in Cleveland, like, I can't go to that part of town, you know. But (laughs) we're joking. But that's the truth. So what happens? Your tolerance for the BS goes way, way down. All right? That doesn't mean we always have the right answer. It means we always are motivated to get the right answer more than anything else. It's not about viral this or we're motivated to use all of our talents to get the right answer. Now, why is that hard, though? Why is it 20 years, 30 years in, it's just as interesting? I started betting when I was 14 years old. It's been over 30 years. To me, today's as interesting as any day. One, because today's very interesting. But two, everything changes. Imagine the guy even 10 years ago looking at these games. They'd be like, what the heck? They wouldn't even understand the game they're seeing. Kansas City, what they're doing. Houston, what they're doing. Everything keeps changing. Do you run? Do you pass? Running back shouldn't go in the first round. Oh, wait, two of them are picked in the top five in, like, successive years with Fournette, with Zeke. It's like all these rules seem to last about six months. Yep, It's such an evolution. And I think the question becomes on these games and the Cowboys game being first, what do we really know? So let's start on the Jets side because here's the easy part. Sam Darnold is an upgrade over Luke Falk. In fact, I think Luke Falk's available right now if you want to have you know him do any like used card type grand openings <laughs> in the car. I mean he's in the New York yeah. area, right He's cut.. Yep. He started. first minute, the other guy comes back, they cut him. Now some of that is they want to kind of push him off, but some of it is he wasn't a professional level quarterback. So usually, your backup is Teddy Bridgewater. Now Teddy's a good backup. But your backup is, you know, fill in the blank of a decent backup, all right? Luke Falk wasn't on that list. Simeon was on that list. Now, there's not many third stringers that are any good, Yep. right? Now, Steelers, maybe they've got one. We'll talk about that. And, again, not a great quarterback, but can he make the team viable? Now, you look at Allen from Carolina— you could effectively say he came into the season as a perceived third stringer, yep. right? Because they they had Cam, and then they drafted a quarterback in the third round. Yeah,
6: Will Greer out of West Virginia, third round.
5: If you And Allen was drafted where? Not drafted, RJ. Okay, so in general, you'd think Allen's the third guy on the je- uh, uh, depth chart coming in. Well, yeah. apparently now, very good. We'll talk about it. Well, Falk is was not very good. So... I'd say with the Jets, we can keep it this simple, and you guys can tell me if you agree or disagree. One, Darnold is a first-round talent that can play very well for stretches. Two, we haven't seen him play well for extended stretches. Thus, he has the chance to be a top five or seven quarterback. He has a chance to be in the 20s. We just don't know. Yesterday doesn't tell us much. What yesterday tells us is he had one good game, but he's much, much better than Falk.
6: Absolutely agree with that.
5: Agree. Everyone agree? Yep. Yep. All right. So now the question is, and I think this is worth a moment. What was it that? Was it? I mean, could, could the Jets be that much better with Darnold? Well, it's the difference with Darnold, it's the difference in the energy of the other players. We got a chance, we got a chance. They didn't really have a chance before. If you look at yards per snap, a wise guy favor, the Jets had the worst offense under Falk like in 40 years in the NFL, if you look, it's like 3.2 yards per flight. Don't quote me on the number. It was crazy low. You can't win that way. With Darnold, even if he's the 25th best quarterback, which I think he's better, you can win. And I think it energized the rest of the team. Finally, and I don't hear this much. I heard it on one of the FSR morning or um, FS1 morning shows. The Jets felt like they had a different game plan. Now, right here, straight out of Vegas on Friday, we talked about Colin Cowherd having, I thought, a brilliant point that maybe Gase had some stuff left in the bag because he only played, darn, or was only able to play the one game. Yep. A game in which they were leading, what, 16 nothing. 16
6: nothing against Buffalo in the opener.
5: So think about this. If the Jets had played the Cowboys in Week 2, what do you think the line would have been? Mm. I mean, I'm just going off my gut. I think it would have been like Dallas, two, two and a yeah, half.
6: Yeah, that's what, two to three.
5: So the question, I think three might have been yeah. high. So here's the, but that's the point, right? It was seven. But isn't this effectively the Jets team that would have been playing in week two? Pretty much. Meaning with Darnold back yeah. and the Jets in theory might have been. You know they could have very easily won the first game. You know, so so the, I guess the point I'm making is, as much as this feels like, a, oh my, I can't believe this. With Darnold, this Jets team is a team that can lead the Bills 16 nothing. Yep, they're that good. So great win for them, bad loss for Dallas. But is it as bad as people think? It's not losing to the winless team. It's losing to the team that was winless because they had a third string quarterback that wasn't any good. So, let's shift, though, to Dallas more specifically, straight out of Vegas, I'm R.J. Bell. Jonas, as a media guy who produces a bunch of media, consumes a bunch of media, one of the things I've been thinking the most about is how much is it about the games in 2019, the media, what we enjoy as fans, and how much is the drama? Because it seems to me that one of the threads of the Cowboy season is Dak's expected contract, right? And it was like, well, the Dak meter says he could make $37 million after they're 3-0. and <laughs> And now I'm hearing people go, maybe it's 22. <laughs> it's kind of like, what's your take on the fact that seemingly half, and the NFL I think is different. In the NBA, I think 70% of the interest is off the court. In the NFL, it's probably 30%. But it is fascinating that we're in the middle of this very short four months that there's a bunch of games throughout, you know, the entire weekend. And we're still talking about what might happen to Dak. Like, how does it affect any of us if Dak makes 40 or Dak makes 28? It doesn't. He still can have a mansion and a yacht. Yeah. But – we're fascinated by. It. I uh, I wonder why. It, there's so much time between games. You can only look at a box score
4: for so long before you got to move on to a different storyline out of a game. And the storyline with the Dallas Cowboys is they're quote-unquote America's team. They're one of those Duke New York Yankees, big-time franchises you either love or you hate. And as many people... I hate them. I mean, look, as many people <laughs> that love to see the Dallas Cowboys have success, there's equally, if not more, the same number of people that like to see Dallas struggle. And so now you see Dallas struggling. Of course, it's Jason Garrett's now. Uh, should they fire him in season? Dak Prescott, Zeke look the same. The defense isn't what we thought. It's just they're that team that is a lightning rod for criticism all throughout the year.
5: Yeah, yeah but but I guess some of it could be on the field, but some of it is off. Oh, 100%. Field. Speaking of hating Dallas, they, they should do a documentary on Steelers fans that hate the Cowboys. Because really, they only play every four years, right? But they've played in three Super Bowls. And back where I grew up in Pittsburgh, probably the probably mo- I think people hate the Cowboys more than they hate the Ravens. Wow. And, and it's just like, <laughs> and, and again, it's men of a, of a certain age. You know, they can remember those Super Bowls. And uh, let's just say being a Cowboy fan where I grew up, there's one I know, not a pleasant experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not. I'm RJ Ball straight out of Vegas. I also think the whole Jerry Jones thing is fascinating because here is a rare case and you could say, well, Dan Snyder's an extreme example of this. And I think you're right. It's an owner who obviously is a a, a smart person. I don't understand all the details of how Snyder made his money, but let's just say it could be luck, but probably there was some skill in it. But he seems to be like uh, so bad at being an owner. It's almost incomprehensible. And then you got Jerry Jones. Well, if you said to Jerry Jones, I'm going to spend $10 bucks to find out how does an owner succeed in the NFL, I can write it on the back of a napkin. Butt out. Butt out. Because if you bud your nose into it, you don't know what you're talking about. Imagine someone going up to Picasso and saying, a little yellow up there, up in the right corner. Well, isn't that the same as an owner telling an elite GM who to draft? So on one hand, you could say, no wonder the Cowboys are so bad. And when I say bad, I mean over a 10-year period, let's say. Except some people believe they have the best roster in football. So you've got a Jerry Jones who would seem to be the cliche of he butts his nose in and that's why they don't win, except they have the best or one of the best rosters in football. Is he just that smart? Has he been less involved, including his son, as, let's say, as part of the Joneses? I don't know. But it is fascinating that he's doing everything wrong, at least when it comes to conventional wisdom, and Dallas seemingly is so good, except they're not good, right? Or at least they haven't played well yeah. lately. And longtime listeners of the show, Fajic, I'll tell him tomorrow too, we gave him so much heat for Dallas after week one. They dominated the Giants. He only upgraded them like a half a point. Yeah. And we said, what are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. So today I texted him as he was going down to the gambling conference. I said, what was your power rating on Dallas after week one and what is it now? And he said, you know, I was thinking of that. He goes, exactly the same. So what Fezzik believed after week one is the current power rating of Dallas. It doesn't mean that this is the true power rating. Dallas could win 10 in a row. They could lose 10 in a row. But anyone that overreacts, and we've been saying it again and again, you can't overreact to the big wins or the bad losses, and with Dallas, there was an overreaction one way, and now there's a chance there's going to be an overreaction the other way, downward. Answer is almost always in the middle. So, and again, that isn't as fun on talk radio because extremes are fun, but that's one of the nice things about us only doing an hour. You know, we always have two hours of show. We just got to find the best hour yep. within it. When you do three hours, at some point you might tend to overreact because what else are you going to do? Well, we avoid that for sure, or try our best to.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: Cavino and Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids, spring is prime time in college towns. And if you're planning a trip, two words for you. Graduate hotels. There's no better place to stay.
1: You know we're fans. We were at the Nashville location, and it was sweet. Definitely recommend it. So listen, when it's time to book, get up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW.
4: so rj the talk of the nfl much of the offseason was the cleveland browns and they find themselves struggling yet again baker mayfield several turnovers and it was the seattle seahawks and russell wilson right now the favorite to win mvp in the nfl with a 32 28 win on sunday
5: yeah, think about that a second. Russell Wilson is the favorite to win the MVP. Brad, you've got the odds. Why don't you run them down?
6: Yeah, Russell Wilson, 2-1 to one now to win the MVP, followed by Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, plus 250. Keep in mind, Patrick Mahomes was the favorite all summer and through the first four or five weeks of the season. Not now. Followed by, this is the biggest riser, Deshaun Watson, 4-1. to one. And how about Christian McAfee, a running back, MVP, 8-1. to one. Those are the top four, led by Wilson.
5: All right, Brad Powers with the news. Ted Baxter of (laughs) 2019. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little too old of a reference. Look it up, kids. Now, remember, and we won't belabor this point, whenever you're betting something that's a vote, and it's pretty rare, but MVP is going to be an example, it is a narrative competition. Who's got the story? Because if you don't have a story, what's the point? It's a story. You think Michael Jordan was a lesser player than Charles Barkley? Now, listen, as a Vegas guy, I appreciate Chuck and all the money he puts into the ecosystem here. (laughs) But still, come on. It's a story. I think if McCaffrey could viably win, he will win. So at 8-1, that's interesting. Especially, imagine this scenario. He just keeps doing as well as he's doing. If Russell has a great year and finishes the year, He's going to win Russell. But imagine if the only thing has to happen, McCaffrey's still playing well, which is hard at the level he is at that super high level. And then Russell having three bad games at the end of the year. I think he wins.
6: Yeah, that would be awesome.
5: Yeah, because you're not going to have like a uh, Mahomes come back. Once you fall away, this is, unless it's a two man race. But it's always fascinating, but always ask yourself what you're betting. In football, you're betting the score. Here you're batting people's opinions, so you got to handicap the people, not who you think should win. I'm RJ Bow, straight out of Vegas. Now, not the MVP is Baker. <laughs> you think <laughs> that'd be funny? They, you know how they have the Razzies. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with them? I think it's simple. One, he probably shouldn't have been the number one pick. If he was the tenth pick, he would have been much better off, because all the pressure wouldn't have been on him, all the scrutiny. I heard, uh, I think it was Bart Scott, it might have been someone else, talking about how he knew how much San Fran hated uh, Baker. I mean, you don't want to say they hated a person, but because they said they were tackling him with a certain grip around him where he couldn't get his arms out, and that they were trying to dump him on his face mask, they said. Now, I don't know enough to know. But that sounds like some old-school, st- you know, like they were trying to, like, hurt the guy's knee in the 50s or something. Yeah. And me, I'm not saying that couldn't have been more of an embarrassment or they really wanted to injure him, but – and I'm not even claiming I know enough to even have a, a – but, boy, when you got former player saying I could tell by what they were doing, they were especially trying to, let's say, have a bad outcome for Baker. Ooh, right? Who wants those guys that you're – you know, Baker's, what, six foot tall? Yeah. You ever been next to a guy six eight, six nine? That's big? It's like a different, you know, it's like almost hard to imagine getting in a physical competition (laughs) with them, you know. So uh, I also think give me a profile of of an elite NFL quarterback in 2019. Wouldn't it generally be he's tall enough for his height not to be a problem and Drew Brees would be the shortest quarterback that's proven that so far. Now, what Murray ends up doing, we'll see. So far, it seems like he's doing just fine. Yep. Right? What Baker ends up doing, we'll see. So far, it looks like his height might be a little bit of a problem, no pun intended, especially up the middle, we've talked about. But you can't be deficient. That's number one. Number two, you gotta work harder than anyone in the building. I'm not talking about the cliche. I'm talking about it's April and you're working till one in the morning. Tom Brady. Yep. Right? Peyton Manning. The only quarterback I can think of that's in that top, top tier that didn't do that or hasn't, Aaron Rodgers. Now, listen, Aaron Rodgers works harder than most people listening, maybe works harder than me. I don't know. I mean, I work very hard, but I don't know. I know compared to Tom Brady, he doesn't. Compared to Peyton Manning, he does or, you know, didn't. And I'd say Big Ben. I mean, we've been debating who's the best quarterback. And I'm saying Big Ben, you look at him and you say he should have been a little bit better. He should have been. Yep. And he would always come in overweight and, you know, he'd be like uh, Shaq working himself into shape. You know, it's like, okay, that got you to be the fourth, maybe best quarterback of the century. I think it's fair to say. But could he have been better? Should he have been better? Did he max out his talent as much as Brady and Manning? No, Big Ben didn't. Aaron Rodgers certainly didn't. Aaron Rodgers, the most talented quarterback ever, probably. Steve Young and him, right? Yeah. Well, he's not the best quarterback of the century, so how couldn't he have fallen short? Baker has the worst of both worlds, it seems. He he seems to work less than all of them, as far as I can see, unless he's working between commercial takes. <laughs> or you know, tweets. Yeah, hold on a second. I got to watch <laughs> this film one more time, you know. And physically, he's just past the point. If, if he was two inches shorter, three-tenths slower, He wouldn't be in the league. He probably would have played Division III. I mean,
6: he was a walk-on coming out of high school.
5: So if you – but I think it's fair to say if he did everything else right, his physical skill wouldn't stop him. Malcolm Malcolm Gladwell talks about that where we all think measurables are all that matters. He says, no, no, being above the minimum threshold is all that matters. Then after that, whatever you have over the others is nice – But it's not the determining factor. And when has it ever been the most talented athlete was the best? Maybe in, like, sprinting, where it's just pure muscle fiber in many ways. You know, how twitchy they are. But in the NFL, is Tom Brady or Peyton Manning even close? (laughs) No. No. So, you know, running backs? You know, you always see – Jerry Rice? Yeah. I mean, so – Baker could do anything. There was no limit. His physical skills, no limit. Just like every other NFL quarterback, pretty much. And then it becomes about timing, precision, teamwork, and what kind of throws does Baker make? And he's throwing late. When do you throw late? When you don't anticipate. And how do you anticipate? Repetition, which is precision, and teamwork you got to know your guy the famous story is tom brady flying people in to have a couple of you know games of catch or you know they're doing more than games of catch in the park or whatever like there was a wedding i heard about where he flew extra people in so they could work out that yeah now will baker ever do that we could sit here and go we well, don't know no i know he won't you don't <laughs> change at that age you can do it for it's like big ben having the picnic or whatever with his uh you know, the other teammate, I'm guessing next year they're not going to have that picnic. They didn't have it the year before. (laughs) We all have our natures, right? I can try to be nice to Fezzik when he's wrong. I'm never going to be all that nice when he's wrong, all right? Or I think he's wrong. So it just seems so right, though, that we're seeing exactly what we've been, that we think. If we would have came in and said there's this quarterback and he's got a lot of talent, he won the Heisman, but he's a little short a little slow, and he's not that hard of a worker, and he's kind of a me-me guy. What do do we think would happen? (laughs) Isn't it exactly what we're seeing? Jonas thoughts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's in,
4: look, he talked a lot. And when you talk a lot and you do a bunch of commercials and you're the loudest voice in the room and you don't really have much to show for it as far as a bunch of wins in your career. And even the wins that he had last year were against subpar teams. He never was good against the better teams. This is sort of what happens when, when you present yourself in a certain way and you don't have the success that comes along with it.
5: Yeah, I agree. But you know something, I think if he didn't do one commercial But he would have just hung out with his family, but he wasn't working. We might not be talking about it as much, but I think the results would be this. To me, the commercials are more of a sign of the me-me part. Now, I get it. If you aren't making enough money, you got to make money. And what better than a commercial? But really, commercials are about fame for a guy that's making as much as Baker. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but if it comes at the expense of your your craft, of of what you're doing, then it's not a good decision. But to me, and let me ask you, Jonas, is if he didn't do one commercial, but he didn't do any additional work to prepare, results would be the same. It's just the opposing team wouldn't, enjoy it as much, they yeah. wouldn't have a vendetta, and we probably wouldn't be talking about it.
4: Yeah, we wouldn't see him on television during every single break in the action and then coming back to the actual live game and he's throwing another pick. I mean, it just and looks bad.
5: He's great for the league. Yeah. He's great for talk shows because, to me, he's a teaching moment. And he could end up quarterback in this league for 11 years, could end up having a 51% record, could end up making – Mark Sanchez-style, two AFC title games. I doubt he's going to win a Super Bowl. I mean, if I had to bet right now even money, I'd bet no.
6: Oh, I would too.
5: So, but if he had Tom Brady's work ethic, there's nothing he's got that would hold him back from being as good as Tom Brady, meaning he's not deficient, and that's the issue. Last thing, I don't like his seeming fuel for energy, like what needs to fuel him. Because he was talking about Baker, the idea, and think of it like this. People have three lines. One is their baseline energy. We've all had the guy who wakes up and it's 7.30 and you were out till 2 the night before and he's ready to go for a walk or a jog. Let's go play some hoops. It's like, geez, all right, hold on, give me a couple hours. (laughs) And then there's the guy that is no matter what you could be at the super bowl hey you want to go have a drink i don't know <laughs> right and E-R. so, yeah <laughs> so and then you got the guy who is like worked up like he's you know hitting the crack pipe and he's just so excited so we got these th- you know we got these three levels and everyone's got their their level within the three right when you're excited when you're down average it feels like that you look at tom brady Brady, his average is let's, let's grind, let's grind, let's grind. He's not jumping around. He's not all that all right? And he gets excited. You see him in those big games. He usually shows his excitement early, early touchdown. He punches, you know, does whatever to the goalpost where he's excited, right? But you don't see that very much. He, he He calms himself real quick. Baker feels most alive when he's excited. His baseline seems to be, you know, what can I do? He wants to get back to that. He's almost like, a, and I'm just speculating here, an adrenaline junkie. He loves to feel up. And that's awesome, except how can you spend the off-season up, right? Imagine, yeah. it's you know, it's, a, it's in February and you're working out. You're not going to be jumping around or tweeting out stuff saying, I hope someone says something back so I can look at my screen and get motivated. Yeah. So I do think... In a way, Baker was smart to try to create all this drama because it's what feeds him and thus it's good. Except, I don't think you can make a career out of that. And Skip said it today. He feels like a front runner, meaning, if you look at him, and let's define what that means when they're losing, when things are going bad in a game, he doesn't seem like he's marshaling his strength for the comeback. It seems like he's deflated. And I get it, when the game's over, you get deflated. Was Brady deflated against Atlanta? No, not at all. Imagine if he would have started thinking, well, I wonder which referee I can blame. No, no, no. He was was ready for the next play. And you know something? He was ready for the next play against the Giants too, just lost. Doesn't mean you're going to win. It means whatever chance you had. Maybe the Pats only had a 2% chance. But if Brady would have been deflated against Atlanta at that point, it would have been a half a percent. Baker doesn't seem to be able to roll with the punches, so if you're betting them and they're winning in a game or they're on a win streak, I think it, it would help you. you you're going to go with the momentum. Yep. I think that when the Browns are trending down, is the time to avoid them because they're going to be blaming each other. And I mean, to me, that gets to Freddie Kitchens too. I mean, this is—he's uh, a substitute teacher. It feels like why would you hire a substitute teacher when you had this was one of the most desirable jobs in football. To come in? I mean, yeah. think about, I mean, why are you saying yeah like you're not sure? The excitement for the Browns entering the season ranked where? Of all the NFL Well, we teams. didn't know Odell at the time. Okay, well, Odell, okay, Odell, that was a big change. <laughs> that might have caused me Seemed not. Seemed like it. All right. They, let's just say even without Odell, the Browns were amongst the five teams that people were excited about. Yes. And how many of those had open coaching coaching spots? Just the Browns. So probably the best job in the NFL. Yeah. And they hire a guy no one had heard of 12 months before. <laughs> I mean, I get it, right? It's like we don't want anyone that's going to have their own ego because we got enough egos on the, on the team. But if you, have, if you don't have someone to control those egos, you're, I think you're seeing what happens.
4: And, and the problem is Mike McCarthy interviewed for the job, and they told him, you have to keep Freddie Kitchens as your O.C. And McCarthy said, okay, no, I'm making my own staff hiring. So Freddie Kitchens was already built into whoever was going to take Ooh. the job, which is why other teams, other coaches walked away from it because they wanted to have full control. So I blame John Dorsey
5: in that regard. Hmm. You know something? That's a great tidbit, Jonas. I kind of agree with Dorsey in this way. A quarterback and his mentor is a special relationship, right? Right. And if Kitchens and Baker have that, and it seems like they do, we'll see as tr- as it's trouble what happens. If you're pretty much saying, I want to – I guess the question is scheme, where if McCarthy wanted to run an entirely different scheme, now you got to wonder, isn't McCarthy and Baker going to be in conflict? Yeah. So – but if it's just that Baker wanted his guy to feel comfortable – I think that's legit. Maybe the answer would have been, like, special quarterbacks coach or something, but then it would have been who makes the final decisions. But, that, but, but do you agree with me that, in general, a young quarterback having someone he trusts is very important?
4: Oh, 100%, but I also think that
5: a coach should have the ability yeah. to hire his own staff. So, yeah, And maybe that's the answer is, hey, make Freddie the coach then, right? Because, I mean, if, if we know Baker would have been mad without Freddie— I think you got to keep Freddie. Yeah. You just don't have to have him be a coach, the head coach. But if no other head coach will accept Freddie, maybe Freddie needs to be the head coach. And maybe it takes a year or two before Baker grows up. And again, I don't say that in a negative way. When you're in a new place, you want to feel comfortable. That's a fascinating question.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
0: Kavino and Rich here. And whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends,
4: Later on tonight, 8 15 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. It is the Lions at the Packers. Right now, Green Bay, a three and a half point favorite on pregame.com.
5: Okay. Roll up the windows. I mean, I like Mother Earth as much as anyone, but you want to hear this. Now, this is fascinating. Fezzik, who is a master at line moves, the best I've ever seen. What does that mean? He can look at the market. And say this is what's going to happen. He looked at the market on Wednesday last week, and he said, "Give me, gimme, give gimme give the Packers." And this line's going up, up, up. So bet it now. He did. He tweeted out his first first bet he made was two thousand on the pack. Boom! Just to get started. Kind of like you get those uh, little uh, things at the like at a uh, Asian restaurant, yeah, the pot stickers. Pop those in your mouth. Then, then you're yep. getting ready. Yes. Yep. <laughs> the line was four. I said, Fez, this line should be like six, five and a half or six. That's what this line should be by all accounts. I haven't talked to a pro better that tells me they think this line should be three and a half is what it is right now. If there's a line that doesn't make sense, what you do is say, why, why? Oh, the public loves Baker. Okay, great. makes sense then, all right, that it's off. It's a bias. Or the public doesn't realize that three linemen are out. Okay, fine. Why in the heck? Now, Green Bay has the best home field in the NFL. It's four points. Typical is three. It's four. Best. The line's three and a half. Now, you don't have to have a calculator to know – that They're saying, the market's saying that Detroit's better. If I would have asked you a week ago, Jonas, who's better, Detroit or Green Bay, could you, would you even have had a pause? No, it's Green Bay. Brad? Yep, Green Bay. Now, listen, I've been a Green Bay skeptic, okay? I've been a Green Bay skeptic the whole year. I still think they're better than Detroit by at least a point or two. And that's, that's what I'm saying. If the home field is four and Green Bay is a point or two better, four, five, six. It's either five and a half or six. It hasn't moved. It's gone down. When it went from four to three and a half, I've never been more not more surprised. I've never known that something's going on that we don't get. I don't, it's not Adams being no, no. There's something. Go, I'm not saying it's fixed. In fact, I don't think it's fixed. There's no, you know, I don't think that. I think that guys that are the the the, the humongous batters know something about this game that, that that I don't. That no one does that I know because it makes no sense this line would go down. Remember, no game is better than, you know, the, the biggest games from the biggest syndicates are still not 60%. 59 maybe, but not 60. So I, there's at least a 40% chance Green Bay is going to come in and cover, and then you're going to hear, R.J. just like, you're overthinking! Okay. What I'm telling you is, if you walk outside of a restaurant and there's a guy with three cards in front of him, and he's saying, follow the queen, and it's, oh, I You know, I saw the Ben, that card's Ben on the corner. And, and I, then I saw, yeah, blah, blah. yeah, that's the game, buddy. Is right now, no one can look at this and not feel like it should be Green Bay, which should scare you. And this is a lesson for life. It really is. If you can't explain why you have an edge, you don't have an edge. Somebody wants you to think you have an edge. All right. So Green Bay could cover. I'm not playing the game. I'm going to watch. I really, 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 really am sure something's off here because really, is what could the other exclamation be? Nobody thinks Detroit's better, but the line says they are. We don't know something. I'm passing and watching. Any college baseball fans out there? If you're traveling to see your
0: team and need a place to stay, two words for you, graduate hotels.
1: We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location.